Well, hello everyone. Welcome to today's daily show. Apologies for the delay and the absence for the past couple of days. As uh, some of you have seen the update, I wasn't actually in the UK. I was in Ibiza in Spain. The internet was terrible. I was going to continue my daily shows, but I just couldn't do it from the hotel. Also, as you can see, we've got a new studio angle. You can see the flag because football is coming home and I couldn't find the St. George's flag <laughs> last minute. So I'm using the Union flag, which we'll be using more regularly and permanently because this show believes in the kingdom. Uh, before we start the show, because we have a lot to talk about today, uh, we have the hypocrisy of the Labour Party and Labour politicians as usual, which at times we make, make fun of them because they're funny. But at times they are dangerous and they need to be dealt with because the society that we have now is at risk because of the Labour Party and not just Labour. All the other pressure groups and our campaign groups that are supporting this leftist mentality. And it's not just socialism in terms of the economic policies. It's the cultural attacks that we are having right now. Before we start talking about that, and also, also let's talk about the government. Let's be objective. Corruption within this government, uh, specifically the health department, even though Matt Hancock has left, there are still some issues left behind. We're going to deal with that as well and give you some updates. But before we start the show, just a quick reminder, tomorrow... We're going to be doing it today, but we're going to do it tomorrow. We got the Zoom calls with the full members of the channel. If you're a full member, at the top of the page on the website, you can see membership area. And you scroll down and you can see all the dates for the available dates for the Zoom uh, Zoom calls. Uh, just sign up for to the next uh, date. And I'm going to basically add the new date for tomorrow as well. Uh, so what we're going to be doing, this is the new show that we have. We have a panel of our members, full members, who can join the show and we have discussions. We launched it last week. I'm just destroying the studio here. Uh, but yeah, we launched it last week and uh, it was you know well well received. So uh, thanks to everyone who joined uh, as the panelists, but also the ones who watched it. So make sure to uh, sign up. It's every Wednesday. Obviously, we have uh, we do cycles, so everyone gets a chance to so pick one date. Uh, so make sure to sign up for tomorrow's show. And uh, that's one. And also at the end of the video, I'm going to give you the update on the newsletters because, again, you guys can be contributors in our weekly newsletters. But let's get on with the show now because the left versus England. Everything's kicking off as usual. First, let's talk about this uh, tweet from the, the, the Remainer Carol, as I call her, Carol Baskin of Brexit. Uh, Carol Cadwell there, who's been a massive Ramona over the past few years, decided to attack Boris Johnson's St. George's flag, uh, saying that it's a populist perfect storm. Football jingoism <laughs> giving government perfect cover to let the virus rip. And all anyone wants to do is to pretend it isn't happening. Let the virus rip. Have you seen the data? Have you seen the latest data on COVID, Carol? It's not difficult to understand. It's not rocket science. We know that the whole situation is under control. It's much better than what we thought. And firstly, the whole virus itself, it is it remains 0.003% in terms of fatality rate, uh, mortality rate. And in terms of uh, the current situation with immunity, herd immunity that's been achieved, um, whether you know that you say with the vaccinations or uh, just uh, organic and natural immunity, um, it's controlling the virus. Yes, people catch it, people carry it, just like any other, any other airborne virus that you carry every single day or week or month throughout the year, like the flu. Uh, it's not killing, it's not killing in that sense, it's not really destroying society anymore. So calm down. And again, this is just an excuse. People like Carol Cadwalder, Carol Baskin, attacking Boris Johnson uh, specifically because of the St. George's flag being outside Downing Street. That's the problem that she has. It's nothing to do with 
uh, the virus. That's just an excuse. And we know that. We have to call them out. Because things are getting absolutely out of control now. And um, when many of the mainstream media are not really scrutinizing these people, and these people are influential figures, whether you like it or not, whether it's just online on Twitter or their weird blogs, it still counts. Some people are listening to these dangerous people. So that's one issue that I have. Second is this video. There's this local school that decided to get all the kids together, make a nice music video to support the England football team. And the pressure from the woke side and the anti-British, anti-English brigade make them delete the video. Now, just for the ref for reference, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to show you the first uh, few seconds of it. It's absolutely brilliant. If they're going to delete it, we're going to show it on this channel. If you saw this on uh, YouTube and the short teaser clips that we post, uh, unfortunately you can watch the video because if you put the video, the whole thing will be deleted and censored. So <laughs> if you want to watch a full version, go on the website, sign up, the link is in the description and watch the whole show. Uh, but for those of you who watched it uh, from the website, what was wrong with that? There was absolutely nothing wrong with that. This was now banned and cancelled because it's, I'm guessing, offensive? Not sure to whom. <laughs> it's nothing wrong with supporting your national football team. There's nothing wrong with supporting your own country. But according to the left, you have to be ashamed of being English, being British, and but not Scottish. That is, that's fine. Welsh is fine. Scottish is fine. Something wrong with uh, being proud of being English and British. Uh, that's the biggest problem we have. And it's ironically, the same type of people, the FPPE and all the Remainers on Twitter with the EU flags, during the Euros, Every time England play against some, some sort of team, some European team like Germany, they support the other side and they use the flags. They use the German flag. Now, this video has been posted today at 6 p.m. just before uh, the England and Denmark game. Uh, now, of course, if you watch it tomorrow, the game's already finished. Uh, but you, the, the, you will see on Twitter and other places as well, on Facebook, that the Ramones will be using the Danish flag to support Denmark against England, because it's, it's, it's fine to be proud of being Danish or EU citizen or whatever that is called. It's not, it's not European. They keep calling it Euro European citizenship, but it's EU citizenship. citizenship. Uh, but apparently being English or British is wrong. That's one problem that I have. And also, when it comes to the attacks on education, on kids, on teachers, schools that aren't supposed to be normal and their job is supposed to be educating people, apparently that's no longer the case because the attacks that we've had on the whole situation, because we know what happened with, in a, with a school in Batley and Spen, we're going to talk about that in a second, but considering these people are ashamed of being English or British, they rather take the other sides. Um, I mean, they, they usually tend to support any other side that's not Britain, but even in football, you guys saw last week that this German girl, uh, nine, nine years old, who cried when Germany lost to England, 
they did a fundraising, a crowdfunding campaign in the UK for this crying German girl, and they've raised £36,000. I think it's gone above now. I think they did cancel it eventually. Uh, but the family luckily rejected it, turned it down. But what? Just because a German girl was crying, and she's not the only one who was crying, by the way. If you're going to raise money for the whole of the German population, you could do that if you want, but... But it makes no sense because one thing that we have, everybody again, it's one of those woke sort of subjects that people made fun of saying, oh, what a ridiculous campaign fundraising for a German girl who's just crying because her team lost or her family uh, being crying as well. So uh, that's not really the point. The point of it is that they're not really supporting our own uh, people. They're not really supporting our own schools, our own education, our own teachers. The teacher in Batley and Spen, who's still in hiding and lost the job that, of course, being passionate about, um, simply because he wanted to teach uh, real education, history, edu English, like basically simple stuff about uh, being British uh, in, in our education system. Uh, now, of course, that person is no longer able to do their job, but there is a, a crowdfunding uh, page, there is a GoFundMe page campaign for the teacher, uh, so far, about £30,000 being uh, raised. If you want to support someone, support the Batley Grammar School teacher. Uh, and you can just go on GoFundMe uh, website and uh, search for the link and you could find it. If you really care about people's livelihood and people's, well, in this case, you know, they talk about people's feelings, then support the teacher. If you really believe in free speech, if you claim on the left that you believe in free speech, then do it. But they don't. Because we know what these people do. Naz Shah, the Labour MP, who is extremely woke and extremely dangerous with her moral values or lack of them, she came out in Parliament to propose, she basically said, today the government proposed a bill to protect the, the emotional harm connected with damaging the, of the statues. Now, her argument here is that the government's bill that's supposed to be protecting statues against being toppled is about protecting the statue's feelings or emotions. So she says, if, if we're doing that, then we need to also ban speech and free speech if you criticize Prophet Muhammad, if you make jokes about Islam or whatever, or the book, or Muhammad. <laughs> so, wait, I'm going to show you this. It's just, it makes no sense, but just watch this first. We cannot pretend that a Western liberal democracy like Britain does not consider feelings when it comes to such situations, whilst at the same time today passing a law through Parliament giving such importance to protecting statues based upon commemorative feelings. As a Muslim, Madam Deputy Speaker, for me and millions of Muslims across this country and quarter of the world's populations, that is Muslim too, with each day and at each breath, there is not a single thing in the world that we commemorate and honour more than our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. But when bigots and racists defame, slander or abuse our Prophet, peace be upon him, just like some people do the likes of Churchill, the emotional harm caused upon our hearts is unbearable. Because the two Okay, Nasra, you do realize there's a slight difference between protecting statues and protecting, uh, well, banning speech against jokes or criticism when it comes to religion or religious figures or historic figures. We're not trying to protect the statues to protect the Winston Churchill's emotions or any harm emotionally has on people. It's illegal to topple statues. 
So the bill is there to protect the legality, which is ironic because it's already illegal. I don't understand why you have to create a new bill to do that, but that's our government. That's a whole different topic. But the reason we are against statues being taken down is because, it, firstly, it's vandalism, even if you spray on it. It's illegal. You can't just remove something. That's part of, well, it's a, it's a publicly funded statue. It's public. It belongs to the people. And also, yes, belongs to the history. You're trying to erase it. If people criticize or make jokes about Prophet, Mah Prophet Muhammad or the book or anything else or any other religious figure or influential historic figure, they're not trying to erase him. They're not trying to rewrite history. That's just free speech. That's people discussing stuff, debating values, jokes, humor, comedy. But when you're trying to bring down statues, for example, the statue of Winston Churchill, you guys are trying to rewrite history because you, you also want to change your curriculum to no longer mention parts of history, especially the British Empire. And it's illegal. You can't just bring down statues. That's the problem. That is a slight difference between what you're trying to protect and what we are trying to, in a common sense manner, protect. But it's just not the only one. They're all, they're all crazy. I've been seeing the other one. Claudia Webb. Another Labour MP. This is absolutely brilliant. In case you haven't seen it, <laughs> Claudia Webb is a perfect example of a Labour politician. Now, we know that democracy is all about anybody having a chance to have their say, also having a chance to stand for public office in a democratic society. But of course, it's got its downfalls and flaws, which means some of these people who should not be politicians become politicians. Now, Claudia Webb in Parliament asking questions from the Foreign Secretary, Dominic Raab. She, she asked him about um, Belarus and uh, what's happening in that country. You know, of course, each country is sovereign and each country have their own affairs. And uh, she then asked Dominic Raab, firstly, she couldn't actually, she, I think she either forgot or she didn't know what the country was. She couldn't really say properly. And uh, secondly, she, she, apparently, I think she wants Dominic Raab to sue Belarus. Let's just... <laughs> Thank you very much. Claudia, you wanted to come in. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. And I hope I'm not going to be asking questions that you have already answered. But let me um, just start with a quick file one on, on Belarus, as we've just spoken about that. Why does the government not consider legal action to be necessary in the case of Belarus? case if I didn't catch the name. Belarus. So why, why don't we consider, sorry, what? Legal action but on why, why doesn't the government? Why does the government not consider legal action to be necessary in the case of Belarus? What is the legal action that you're proposing? Well, I, th I mean, I'm asking you the question. Yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm well, I mean, does the, does the government consider who, who, legal action to be necessary at all? Sorry, forgive me. I was, what I was trying to clarify is who do you want us to sue and where? Well, does the government... <laughs> okay, there are a few issues with this. So, first, she kept saying Bruce. What's Bruce? <laughs> Secondly, um, I love that line from Diamond Grab. I just want to know, who do you want us to sue and where? <laughs> it made no sense. What was she trying to do? So, these politicians... Local representatives of constituencies who are supposed to be protecting local voters and representing them. They're not doing that. 
And that's just the Labour Party. We, we know there's a problem, like the wider problem, with all the political parties, all the party politicians, all of them, regardless of which side. And all of them are just incompetent. And some of them are corrupt. And, uh, you know, most of them are liars. Uh, that's, that comes with a job. But sometimes it goes too far. This is a bit too far. Because it's no longer just saying, like, being corrupt or being a liar. She doesn't even know what she's talking about. Like, these people have the power to make decisions for our lives. These people have the power to change policy. They vote in the House of Commons based on their judgment, and they vote to change policy on foreign affairs, on various issues, obviously, domestically mainly. But she doesn't even know what the country is. She, she thinks you could just sue the country. <laughs> Who do you want to sue and where? That's the problem I have. It's not just a you know, funny matter. Of course it is. But it's quite weird that the politicians and the, the nature of politicians we're getting from all sides right now is just so low. The standards are so bad and poor that it's just becoming dangerous. There's no surprise. The Labour Party right now are starting a coup against Akira Starmer, who's not really a great leader anyway, and they're put, putting their faith and trust in Angela Rayner as the alternative. So the biggest trade, well, some of the biggest trade unions have got together with the Corbynistas, with the Labour activists and members to decide to start a coup against Starmer and to back one person, one alternative option. And that alternative option is Rayner. Wow. Andrew Rayner, who's blocked half of Twitter. She's, she wants to be leader of the opposition and she wants to be prime minister. You can't really be prime minister if you've blocked half the population on Twitter. Secondly, why? No one cares about Labour. You guys are thinking right now, I'm talking about Labour, and you guys sat there at home thinking, who cares about Labour? Exactly. That's a good question. No one cares about Labour. But whilst we don't care about them, they still have the potential and you know, the possibility to destroy this country. They don't have to be in government to destroy the country. They're already doing it. They're doing it from the outside. They're doing it by starting culture wars. And they are, they are doing it really well. Started a while ago, but last year, the biggest trigger with the BLM movement and Extinction Rebellion and all the others. Greta and all her school friends who don't go to school, ironically. They all came out. And the Labour, the Labourites, and the Communists, and the Socialists, combined with the Liberal Left, put together, they don't need to get into government. They're already doing it by infiltrating our academia, our media, and all the establishment that we have, especially cultural establishments. And you wonder why. When there are problems inside the government, no one could do anything about it because there's no scrutiny. And there's no scrutiny because we don't really know what's happening. Now, we know that sometimes things get leaked, and we talk about them on this channel. Now, these are the sort of things that we can't really talk about on YouTube, for example, or other platforms, but we can now on this free independent platform. So all thanks to you and your support. So... Thank you. But sometimes we hear things in the news, but a lot of times we don't until it gets leaked again. But when Matt Hancock was health secretary, that department was a bit incompetent, was a bit corrupt. And we had a lot of issues with NHS contracts, uh, you know, cronism, nepotism, his best friend slash girlfriend slash whatever she was. Now we are learning more stuff about what's been happening, thanks to the standards. Lord Bethel, was also part of the same establishment, is now under pressure because there are two problems with this now. One is using personal emails to communicate government matters. Very, very bad. Very, very iffy and edgy <laughs> from politicians and establishment. Secondly, giving a 
uh, given a parliamentary pass to Matt Hancock's girlfriend using a lord, Lord Bethel. Now, that is a completely different story. So there are two issues with this. Now, this has all come out. Investigation is happening now. Uh, Matt Hancock has been thrown under the bus. So done. Don't talk about Matt Hancock. But when it comes to Hancock himself and Bethel and all the others and a number of civil servants using personal emails to communicate. Now, while sometimes it, on paper it might not be illegal or unlawful, it's wrong and there's, you know, against the guidelines because you don't really, you can't really trace it. You know, they could, they could delete the things that is part of the personal inbox. You don't really have full access to it. The taxpayer, the, you know, freedom of information request won't really cover it. And of course, that's one issue. And secondly, again, going back to whether it's cronism or nepotism or any of those areas, giving a pass from the House of Lords. These people are supposed to be very strict. The House of, uh, the House of Parliament, the House of Commons and House of Lords authorities, they're there to make sure that corruption doesn't happen and we know exactly who, is, who has a pass to walk around the palace and why. But clearly, there's a bit of a problem here. Now, in this blog post uh, that was done by the Information Commissioner's Office, their website, Ms. Denham, uh, they said that the use of private communications channels was not in itself a breach of freedom of information or data protection rules. However, she was concerned that they could be used to frustrate the freedom of information process. Now, that's one issue. Now, she has said that my worry is that information in private email accounts or messaging services is forgotten, overlooked, auto-deleted, or otherwise not available when a freedom of information request is later made. She also says that that is why my office has launched a formal investigation into the use of private correspondence channels at the Department for Health and Social Care and has served information notices on the department and others to preserve evidence relevant to the inquiry. So that's that's the biggest, biggest iffy situation that we have. Now, we know the gray area is always there. Prime Minister was using WhatsApp uh, to communicate with uh, Dominic Cummings and other advisors. That's, that's different. But of course, when it comes to formal governmental matters, any documents, anything that's supposed to be recorded, don't do a Nicola Sturgeon. That's what happened in Scotland. You know, having meetings not taking minutes because then apparently we don't take notes in meetings anymore. This is the same thing happening. The Department of Health, the NHS, all these organizations that are supposed to be serving the public, they're not. They're wasting your taxpayers' money. They're not providing the service that they're supposed to be doing. And all the nurses and doctors, all the staff, the professional and medical professionals, they're trying their best. They're not really getting anything out of it. So they are being harmed as well. Especially when there's going to be a you know a couple of really incompetent or corrupt nurses or doctors or other contractors, private contractors, ruining the whole culture and reputation of the health service. Who's going to answer? Who are you going to throw under the bus? We already got rid of Matt Hancock. Is Simon Steamy's next? Is it going to be all the others part of the Ministry of Health, or are we going to sack all the nurses or doctors? No, the whole system is corrupt. The whole system needs to be reformed. And the whole department should be completely shut down until we find out what's happening there. Because they're not really running the NHS anyway. Department of Health is not doing anything about that. It's the NHS running the NHS. And also, we already decided as government, finally, to get rid of Public Health England. Another agency, another taxpayer-funded body that's just causing more trouble than good. But this is the problem we have. These this are conversations. We can only have this here, me and you guys. We can't really talk about any of this out there on TV, Ofcom, or online on YouTube other platforms. 
This is why we have this. And this is why I'm going to give you all this information so you know the truth. So you can share this with others. Now, if, in case you don't know, I'm going to, I should mention at the beginning of the video in case you're new. But I'll, I'll remind you at the end of the video, you can see two links to the video players on this page. The first one is a private uh, hosted by YouTube. It's not actually posted on YouTube because if you're posted, you'll get blocked. Uh, but we're using YouTube as a video player for those of you who want to watch this on TV. And also, if you have internet connections, the YouTube link is better. Um, so, but also, we have the second link, which most of you guys use, is just for the website. It's built in. Uh, there's a button, bottom right. If you click on it, you can download the video, uh, and I can watch it later offline. We could also share the information. Uh, so, if you want to uh, watch it later, make sure to use that. But going back to this article, because this corruption thing is really getting weird now. A member of the House of Lords, as I said, can sponsor passes for secretaries and research assistants if they genuinely and personally fulfill those roles for the sponsoring member. And the sponsor has to sign a declaration to that effect. And it would be against the rules if the individual did not work for the peer. Now, you would think, these are the rules. They should do it. But no, one rule for them and another rule for the junior peers, <laughs> I'm not sure, or the good ones, they're good members of the House of Lords and House of Commons. They're just following the rules. But there's you know, a few who are just completely creating a corrupt culture. And this is the problem that we have with the practice of politics in Westminster. Now, these sort of things we don't really talk about anywhere else. The issue we have is that everything in the news right now is all about, well, firstly, football. Football's coming home. Secondly, the freedom date uh, and uh, the easing of the lockdown measures now we need more information about that uh, so as i said earlier i was in ibiza in spain for a few days at the weekend and uh, there were a number of problems there the, the, i witnessed the incompetence and bureaucracy of the systems and all governments the spanish government british governments all of them whether it's a test and trace stuff with the, with the loca passengers locator form that you have to fill in whether it's a testing system whether it's what kind of tests they accept, what kind of vaccines each country and each government approve, um, what traffic light list you're on, how are they going to contact you, how many tests you need, which queue you're going to get into. They're just making things more difficult at this point for themselves, not just for us as consumers and as taxpayers. They don't even know what they're doing. What I experienced at the airport, I had to lose, miss one of my flights, flights because uh, they were messing up the whole system. They don't even know what they're doing. There's like staff members at the airports. They're trying to keep up with the guidelines and it keeps changing every 10 minutes. So when it comes to this freedom date, uh, firstly the July one, 19th of July, and then the one in August, which is more, mostly about international travel, I'm just mostly concerned and focused on the wider picture, not necessarily face masks or social distancing. It's the concept of test and trace, for example. Shut it down. If, if the freedom date's coming, stop using it. Government should stop using it. Some of you have been supporting it because you think it's a good idea. Fine. The intention is fine. It's good. Why not? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's been, they've been wasting millions of taxpayers' money on something that's not even working. Partly because it's the, the system is not working. Partly because not everybody is obeying to the rules, of course. So you can't really force people to um, obey. It doesn't really work that way. It doesn't really work in communist countries. There will always be some rebels. So shut it down and start a proper investigation into the whole thing. And see how it goes. Now, if you want to discuss this with me, live, not live, <laughs> recorded on this channel, then uh, become a full member. Go on the membership area and you could find the, the Zoom calls. Uh, just sign up to the next date, which will be tomorrow, actually, tomorrow, Thursday, 
uh, the next one is there uh, and obviously you could see the weekly ones as well uh, so sign up to one each cycle one uh, and uh, then we could be part of our panel show to discuss all these issues and finally as i said i'm going to mention at the end of the video newsletters we have the newsletters so monday each monday we send out the newsletters to the full members of the channel uh, if you guys want to be a contributor whether regularly or just one-off uh, you could send us your uh, articles that you have anything you want to write any opinion piece that you have or any idea you have you, could, you have a few days to write basically uh, send it to contact at myatc.co.uk you could find the email address on the contact page on the top of the website as well uh, make sure that it's a short one you know four or five hundred words maximum uh, if you send a big, big essay or dissertation we're not going to post it uh, but if, yeah, if you want to be a newsletter contributor you could apply and of course each week we go through the opinion pieces that we got and we'll pick the best ones and we'll post them as part of our newsletter which i also write and others as well that's it for me thanks for watching i'm my tc i'll see you guys in the next video